0: You know when you hear that mysterious rattle as you're driving in your car? Sure you do. It's the sound that mysteriously disappears the moment you attempt to explain it. Well, reenact it, really, when you're chatting with your mechanic. Your mechanic may raise his eyebrows as you hiss, screech, or make some other, what the heck is wrong with my car sound? But he will listen, and he'll pull your car into the shop, To assess what's going on. Bill and I propose the same strategy when it comes to your marriage. I know, I know, ideally we'd assess things before the (coughs) happens, but you and I know that's not how things normally go down. Nope, we are definitely starry eyed and in love and fully expect that love will get us over the hurdles of blending. When we discover the time is ripe for gathering specific tools to gain momentum and develop a marriage mindset, it's a good time for an assessment. I'm curious, how often do you and your partner talk about your marriage mindset? It's so important to have this conversation. Yet when we talk about marriage mindset, it's nebulous. What exactly does it look like? What does it sound like? How do others model it for us? Well, it all begins with a conversation between you and your best bud so that you can determine the path that you want to take. Hey, this is so important that we've remixed episode number 39 to broadcast it again. Welcome to episode number 76 of Step Family Mission Possible. Hey there, you're listening to Step Family Mission Possible the podcast for step families with a focus on step family couples building their legacy together we know that blending families is hard and your hosts me jen rogers along with my husband bill are determined to make it easier it's time to turn step family chaos into step family mission possible together so you can stop feeling that pit in your stomach on transition day and start celebrating all the reasons why you are exactly in the right place right now. We were talking about how we basically roll together in our marriage and the expectations that each one of us brings and how those expectations... Definitely impact our interactions.
1: Yeah. The thing about expectations is that they're internal. You don't always know they're there. And if you don't know they're there, they can jump up and surprise you. When you have a problem with your spouse, you may have an expectation that they didn't know about and you just think, well, this is the way things are done. This is the way people operate. It's not. It's the way you operate. That's an intrinsic thing.
0: It's all those years of experience we had growing up in our own homes. And then what we took to our first relationships, and now we're bringing all of that experience, some of it (laughs) veiled, that we rediscover about ourselves as we blend our families.
1: Because of that, it's a good idea for us to go through some kind of a program to figure out what those things might be. What are the differences between you and me? I mean, we have this great love affair and we build it up as we're dating. We talked about last time, we talked about your representative. And once that representative disappears, now you have reality. And with reality comes baggage. And when you're bringing the bags, you know, you, you've you got to figure what's it really going to be like. And And oftentimes
0: we're not equipped or we have a mindset that says... We don't invest in our marriages. So let's talk about some objections that people might have about hiring a coach or participating in a membership to enhance the outcomes of their marriages. What's one major objection, would you say? I don't need this. Oh, honey, you do need this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, mm. we need Right. This. I would think that there are many people that would think, hey... Coaching is counseling, and I don't need counseling because I'm doing just fine.
0: Yeah, I do think that with counseling, there there's definitely areas in our lives or at some points in our lives where we may need to reach out to a counselor or we may need to work with someone because we've experienced trauma. So that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about if you are ready to invest in your relationship, Mm -hmm. join us in our coaching programs, so that we can work together to help you see the amazingness that can be right. in your marriages.
1: And a coach is just that. When you see a coach in sports, for example, nobody questions what that coach is there to do. They're there to bring the best out of the athlete, and also hold the athlete accountable so that they can contribute to the overall team. and And that's the way it works in a marriage. And you are. There to be your best and bring your best to the marriage. As both of you bring your best to the marriage, it blocks us.
0: So it's really taking your marriage to the next level. If you think that you're in a spot where things are great, congratulations. That's awesome. And we are so pleased for you. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) we would challenge you is there something that you would like to see or work on together to take your marriage and your stepfamily to the next level
1: and and we can think that our marriage as we talked last week we can think that our marriage is going great but there's this little element over here boy if i could just get rid of that everything would be perfect but you've got to deal with the reality the reality is not only who i used to be But also the relationships I'm bringing in, plus the mindset I'm bringing in. Now add that to the relationships and mindset that you're bringing in. And we start to create a stew, quite a a cauldron. And it can get messy because there could be things that just because you and I are really loving each other and digging it and enjoying everything, not everybody is.
0: Okay, so another objection. I don't have time. (laughs)
1: Well, it it is a a legitimate objection in the sense that we all like to think that we're being as optimized with our time as we want to be or or that we're being efficient. But I would counter with the the cheesy line, are you sure you have time not to? On, On the website, for example, we say, hey, invest in your marriage or invest in your lawyer's Jaguar. Now, that's that's extreme. But if you're not investing in your marriage at all, then your marriage isn't going to grow. I would say if I don't invest money in my portfolio, my well-being, it's not going to grow. And it's the same way in relationships. If I'm not spending time together with you to build the relationship, it's not going to build. Now, we may be spending time together, but we may be going around the same circle over and over and over again. And I'm sure so many people are. Why not talk to somebody who's been down that road?
0: Well, and the great thing about working with other people is that you aren't alone and you are in community, so wherever you are, we encourage you to get involved with people who get you with other step family couples who get you because the journey is tough. it can be really tough. It's important to surround yourself with people who can help you process some of the things that are going on now, as far as the time goes earlier, we were talking about gauges in the car. It's a very common example, I know. But when our relationship isn't going so well, I don't have a gauge that says, oh, you're close to empty, like we do in our cars, to go to the gas station and fill up. And so oftentimes we find ourselves that we're at odds with each other without understanding why Mm -hmm. when we don't take the time to invest in our marriage. And so part of what we promote is identifying some of those gauges
1: (laughs) sure and and that's a symptom isn't it I mean if we are going through something again we talked about that pervading argument the one that's going on over and over again that we just can't seem to get beyond it's you know I'm I'm a golfer enjoy the sport very much and if I get out there and I'm playing and I'm hitting the same bad shot over and over again before I throw my club and cuss up a storm, it'd be good for me to assess what I'm doing. I might not be able to assess myself. I might need to go to my pro and have him look and say, oh, you know what, you, you're not doing this, so you're not doing that. And then, boom, it's fixed. It could be simple, or there can be other steps. But what I find is that when something goes wrong athletically or in many other disciplines in life, and certainly in marriage, You want to go back to the fundamentals. You want to go back to what works, not what doesn't work.
0: So taking the time to set your relationship up. I'm curious how many people listening right now actually have a game plan for their step family. I'd venture to say the number is pretty low, but what this game plan does is it allows you to focus on where you want to go as a step family couple. And that takes time on the front end to work with one another to develop a game plan. What you and I have discovered is that it's really important that you understand all of the tools in your toolbox or all of that stuff that's hiding in the luggage that you're unpacking as you grow together in your marriage. That's where we are confident in the value of the Simbus assessment. And for those of you who don't know what SIMBIS stands for, it's Save Your Marriage Before It Starts. It was developed by Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott, and they have all kinds of amazing resources. This is my favorite of the resource that they have. We invite couples to come in and take this assessment and get information about how healthy their relationship is Right and to understand some of those things that you may not have thought of that are going to come up as issues in your blended family.
1: Right, because as we said when we started, so many of those things are internal. You don't think about them. They're just part of your personality that baked into who you are. And they do come out because of all the relationships that we touch together. The thing I love about symbis is that it touches so many areas of your life. All the things that you might think about and many that you don't. And having those conversations and being able to see it on paper is a powerful thing.
0: Let's talk about some of those areas that are in just a basic overview. And more information on the Simbus assessment can be found on the Simbus website. And I'll include that in the show notes. But for our conversation here, Without going all the way deep in, let's just give an overview of some of the things that we will discover when we take this assessment. Mm -hmm. Let's start with our marriage momentum. What's that all about?
1: Marriage momentum is basically, are you programmed to grow and thrive? What's your mindset? Do you come in with a strong mindset? Do you come in uh, a reliant mindset? What are the caution flags that you might be running into in your momentum in your marriage? What kind of a spouse are you? In other words, how do you build into your spouse? I know, for example, for us, you're the consummate affirmer. So it's good for me to know that. If I'm down, I know who to go to. Okay, and me, I'm I'm the energized bunny in so many ways. Not always, but certainly try to be up and positive, and and that works. That works.
0: When we assess this well-being, this momentum in our relationship, this isn't a pass-fail kind of thing, no. nor is it a comparison game. This is where we are. And there will be areas in this assessment where we find we're pretty satisfied with that, that that's actually not an area that we need to work on. But I dare say that there, well, I know because we've done it. (laughs) We have the results spread out in front of us here. So we know where we ended up. And there were a lot of things in here that we knew. There weren't too many surprises in here, but there were some great conversations that we had when we looked at our results. And Put that blended lens on it Mm -hmm. because the one thing that I so appreciate about the Simbus assessment is they have added information in there that is specifically for blended families because the dynamics are very, very different.
1: One of the things that you can see in a tool like this is there are many times that we might feel like, oh, you know, nobody else acts like that and you might not even be talking about yourself you might be talking about your spouse nobody acts like you you're you're just out there and you find it well that's just not true you're actually the one who might be different and and that is a good thing to know so for it's like i said before if you have some built-in expectations that you're not even aware of just because that's the way you grew up, that's the way your parents grew up, that's what their parents grew up, that's the way life is done. But it's not the way your spouse does life. Right. And that changes things. It does.
0: What I'm thinking of as you're talking right now is we often see that as a roadblock or as a setback instead of as an opportunity to say, hey, we're in this space together and we get to choose what we want to do next. We get to choose how we're going to communicate with one another. I want to talk about some of these things in the assessment that are related to The relationship residue. I love the words relationship residue Hmm. because that's really those unmet expectations or those unrealized expectations that we have that get uncovered as we do life with another person.
1: Yeah, it's unfinished business from your previous relationships and your previous situations in life. So it's, as I said, we all bring ourselves into this relationship and we bring our baggage. And this is the baggage. The the residue is what's left over. What is stuff that I'm going to have to work out because I haven't quite worked it out yet.
0: Let's talk about a couple of those things that we see on the report that we have in our relationship residue, what we're bringing. Are we rebounding from a previous relationship?
1: Some of us are.
0: Some Certainly. are. Mm-hmm. Are we rebelling against our ex spouse?
1: Well, many blended couples are for sure.
0: I think that's very interesting. So I'm marrying you because I'm rebelling against my ex spouse. There's such an interesting perspective
1: there. I don't think most people would ever put it that way. I would even say that. But I can guarantee you that we would take into account the situations that went on in our previous relationship as where. Dealing with this one. In other words, I'm always saying I'm not going to make the same mistakes I made before. And that can be residue because if I caused some of the problems before and I think my ex did and I bring those same problems into this relationship, guess what?
0: You think I did them. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's not right. (laughs) Uh,
1: It it is residue. It is residue. it's things that we need to deal with from uh, previous situations.
0: I think a big one that we'll cover next is finances. That when you blend families together, finances are a big issue. I would say they are unresolved. That we just think love is going to make the money
1: flow. Right. Well, we have different ideas about money and money is a very emotional issue. Now, some of us can take money less emotionally and others just can't. And it's something that we absolutely need to discuss through even before we get married. And I think most of us, at at least on the surface, deal with money issues. But they can go deeper because money issues aren't always having to deal with money. Sometimes they deal with emotions that are underneath
0: Right, or a power struggle or control. Again, it all goes back to what we've learned as we've been growing. And every day we've been on planet Earth, we're growing and acquiring more information. And we get to decide what we're going to do with that information. But we also have visceral responses to certain things. And money can create like you said it can be a very emotional issue for sure things like alimony Uh or child support the not wanting to have quote-unquote my money go to your ex-spouse
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and those are things that really again should be discussed before the marriage but they do come up afterward too because you might, okay, again, here's here's the representative showing up. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. It'll be okay. But then we've been married for a while. It's like, you know what? I'm really not okay with that. That's not the way I was raised. I think that's disrespectful. It's not what you said before. But it's what you felt before. You were just trying to say, I could be magnanimous. I could be forgiving. But really, you didn't actually deal with the issues underlying it.
0: If couples are looking for a game plan for their finances, that's something that we also address and, and develop a plan for them so that they can blend their finances beautifully together as well.
1: I do think that is so important because as a Christian couple, you are a steward of everything that God gives you. And that means especially to us, money. Now, it, it means time, too. It means resources, things like that. But money is so easy to quantify in terms of all of this belongs to God. And if it belongs to God first, then you and I are managers. of that. And that's something we talk about. What does it mean to be a manager rather than an owner? That
0: reminds me that as stepparents, despite all the difficulties that we are experiencing, we are called to be a steward. Regardless of the nature of your parental role, how much authority you have, you are still called to be a good steward. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some more expectations. Okay. <laughs> Love that word expectations. I'm going to read a couple of things off this list. And as I read a couple of things off the list, what I'd like listeners to do is think about, do you know who is responsible for that in your home? Rock. Okay. So providing income.
1: Well, that is uh, very interesting because you have a lot of families, uh, especially, you know, I know a lot of Christian families where they've decided that mom is going to stay home and raise the children. In my home growing up, that was certainly the situation. That can cause expectations right off the bat. If, If you grew up that way, if you did that, let's say you did that in your first marriage and now you're going into your second marriage, but your spouse doesn't believe that way, Wow. I mean, that could cause uh, a major conflict if you're not ready for it.
0: One of the things that comes up in the SEMBAS assessment is they ask you the question, so when you were growing up, who did this, your mom or your dad? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that is bumped up against who's going to do that together in your marriage. So there are things like yard work, gassing up the car, laundry, cleaning the house, grocery shopping maintaining ties with friends talking about spiritual matters all of those things are a part of our expectations we grew up with and then where do we see that as far as whose role is that is that your role to take care of the yard and my role to take care of the laundry incidentally it is i actually don't want you in the laundry room
1: <laughs> well understood
0: okay good <laughs> But then what what I really appreciated about this is that there were areas that we needed to work on that we actually didn't necessarily agree on who was responsible for it. mm -hmm, So speaking of laundry, let's air a little dirty laundry here and say some of those things as far as we learned we needed to talk about after taking this assessment. Paying bills and handling finances.
1: And that's typically been something that you've done in our family because of your accounting background more than expectation. But it's both of us. We both need to be involved with that, even just for peace and well-being. And that's something that we have had conversations about.
0: Let's see. Scheduling social events.
1: Um, You know, I don't do much of that. (laughs) (laughs) probably wouldn't. Depends. Depends what it has to do with.
0: And planning vacations and holidays. You said that that was my responsibility.
1: You know, again, it's the kind of thing that if we said, hey, we're going to take a vacation, I would go as far as finding where we're going. What's the best way to get there? How many miles is it? If we're going to fly, making sure the money's there, things like that. That's what I would do. But you would want to go deeper. You would want to go, okay, what hotels are we going to stop at? Where are we going to visit along the way? I'm just not that detailed.
0: So if nothing else, the Simbus assessment gave us lots of things to talk about, particularly in the area of expectations. Uh, The one area that really surprised me was our relationship in a context of many different things. And so we had this page that revealed our level of contentment with our family relationships for example nice. so where did we fall did we want more of it did we not have enough of it uh, or did we have too much or were we just right those kind of things our pictures are somewhere on this scale that tell us where we are with our contentment with our family relationships right with our relationship with our in-laws with prioritizing time with mutual friends or with social support from the faith community.
1: Yeah, and that was very interesting. We're off the charts in our faith community, and we spend a fair amount of time with our church friends. What was interesting to me is the difference we had with in-law relationships and, and family relationships, extended family.
0: I remember a conversation that we had when we were dating where we talked about ancillary losses, that when you get divorced or when you lose a spouse, so many of the relationships that you had as a couple shift. And some people, it feels like people pick sides, right? That oh, well, i'm I can't be your friend and your ex's friend at the same time. So I'm mm-hmm. sorry, uh, I'm choosing your ex. And and so these ancillary losses, that uh, they're they're tough. They're really challenging.
1: They are, especially when you have tight and close relationships with people. Uh, I know, for example, and you know, I I had a strong relationship with my father-in-law previously, and that relationship, of course, disappeared. Same with I had a brother-in-law that was one of my best friends. Disappeared, and it's going to. Light is going to. You're you going to have to expect that. But when that's your social circle or a big part of your social circle, that's quite an adjustment.
0: It is quite an adjustment. And it takes time for you to rebuild relationships and connections at a time when you're probably a little confused yourself about who am I right now? Right. Because divorce is trauma. Loss of a marriage in any form. It is traumatic. And it requires a different mindset, too, that up to that point you were in this space, but now you need to take it to the next level. You need to respond in a different way because you have a different set of circumstances.
1: And what some of us do, unfortunately, in the social life sense is we just, we center everything in our lives around our spouse. And we don't take the time to build ancillary relationships around us that will energize and help us. I've seen that that's a mistake that people make. And I know that I've made it, and we have at times. And we have to say, okay, we have to be willing to to step out and have more relationships to help support us.
0: It's definitely important to do life in community. Yes, you take time for one another, but you also... Do things with other people who can encourage and support, and and just have some fun with too, right. right? Absolutely. We've touched on finances, and that's a hot topic, and one that is pushed to the back burner. The yeah. other one is sex, like finances and sex.
1: Speaking of hot topics.
0: <laughs> Speaking of hot topics, sex. So in the Simba's assessment, it is right out there, right up front, that says, "Hey, let's talk about sex." Yeah. sex. Let's. <laughs> I can't even say it right. But it it reveals how each one of you would like to improve your sex life. So these are things that may not come up. You may not carve out time to have this conversation. And yet it's such a beautiful gift that God has given us to celebrate in our marriages, to enjoy the gift of sex. This gives you an opportunity To understand where the other person is coming from and what they're bringing to the marriage bed, if you will.
1: Right. And it's good to talk about it. It's good to talk about the things you want. And yes, the things you expect and the things that you don't like because these are all important. Now, now what we tend to do, I mean, we first get married. We just get into it. And we don't talk about it a whole lot, but this could be another example of where as we go on and on and we get more and more familiar, you know, sometimes let's face it, if we let our sex life just go on and on the way it always does, it can get boring right. and that can cause a problem too. So it's good. That's why the Sympathist Assessment is a good way to go back and say, hey, let's talk about the things that might normally be taboo or that we might not normally talk about but they do affect our relationship and they do we've heard sex begins in the kitchen we've all heard that guys are pretty familiar with that meaning that look if you're not willing to help your wife in the kitchen and help her out with things that she's doing don't expect her to help you in the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> But it can go both ways. But that's just an example of saying, hey, not all sex is in the bedroom. I mean, we're we're trying to build intimacy throughout. And where is that happening and where is it not happening? Those are things we need to talk about.
0: Definitely. When we're talking about those things, that ties right into communication and how important communication is in your relationships. And particularly in blended families, there can be a lot of challenges because you don't have the history to draw from on how things used to be or how things have been when the kids are coming from one house and coming into your home. Right. So if you have challenges with communication there and you are not on the same page in co-parenting with your partner, right. that sex thing is going to be Uh, That's a huge (laughs) stack.
1: That really is a huge thing because you would think in a non step marriage, your first marriage, let's say, the two things that most couples fight over are money and sex, right? I mean, certainly as a pastor, that's what I would talk to couples about. Make sure you have a pretty good idea of what your expectations are in these areas because they're going to come up. But now in a step family, you're also adding step children. And you're adding outside relationships and all those things can affect your sex life. And if they do, then they affect everything else. All of that needs to be dealt with together.
0: That brings me to dealing with conflict that I think that most people have an unrealistic expectation about conflict uh, or they label it as bad. Uh, something to be avoided versus something to be addressed. Can we talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely not. Conflict? <laughs> How do to deal with conflict?
0: <laughs> we need to talk about this right now.
1: Oh, boy. You know, conflict is one of those things, just like when we got started and said, some people say, hey, I don't have a problem. Conflict is one of those things that we want to avoid because we don't want to have a problem. Right. But Conflict is necessary to understand what's really going on. There are challenges going on in our relationship. And if there aren't, then I would question, you know, just how healthy the relationship is. There has to be conflict because we're not the same person. And if we were, maybe the conflict would be worse. I don't know. We tend to have conflict with the things we don't like about ourselves. When I see something in you that I don't like about myself, that might repel. I might do something to attack it. But but conflict is good in that it allows us to deal with all of the relational issues that we come up against.
0: I'm going to pull a personal conflict challenge that came up in our assessment. For me, you can lose track of time or forget appointments frustrating your spouse. From time to time. When you don't feel understood, you have to work extra hard to be a good listener. Hmm. I think I might actually be yelling, which is why I can't be a good listener cuz I'm pretty angry. So listening is not happening. I think that could have been stronger <laughs> as far as personal conflict challenges that we have from what I'm bringing to the table. So let's pick some of yours.
1: Oh sure. You sometimes attempt to solve a problem before understanding oh, the problem. My Never.
0: Almost all the time. Let me tell
1: you how to fix that.
0: (laughs) Actually, we are getting better at that, right? Because we've talked about this. And first, well, I don't know. I'm sure I've yelled and I've done the silent treatment and built the wall faster than anything. And eventually I came around to telling you that I just want you to listen. I just want you to solve my problem.
1: That is true. It, it, and by the way, guys, this is for the guys. This may be something that you, your and your wife would would agree with because uh, we men we we tend to think that we're the answer guys. Most of us. And
0: you do have some good answers, so I will give you that. <laughs> and I love it when we work together when we communicate effectively. Amen. All right, pick one more.
1: All right. When your spouse doesn't follow your lead, you may tend to shut down. Hmm. Eh? I I think I would say withdraw. Withdraw, do it myself. That's what I would do. I would say, we've had, example, okay? We're moving something, okay? we're, We're on a move, moving into a big house from a smaller house, and we're carrying heavy furniture. And my beautiful wife is a planner. She's like, well, let's put this thing under here and we'll move it this way and we'll get two guys with their And I'm just like, heck no. And I'm just going to lift it and I'm going to grunt it into the house. And that's the kind of situation that that would be just an example where I would rather than shutting down, I'm just like, let's just get this done. Just do it.
0: And it makes us both kind of crazy when that happens because we <laughs> both want our win. we both want to be right. <laughs> It's. One other part of the conflict section in the assessment relates to hot topics. I'm going to read a couple of these and ask you to read a few as well. These are conflicts that are not uncommon to blended families. Mm. So, hot topics that can create conflict for married couples in step families. Number one, partner, <laughs> children, schedules, money, chores.
1: priorities, and the way we communicate.
0: Right. And these are really related to the two of us. And that brings me to the most important point about anything that we're doing in our marriages. Our marriages are unique. So you and I, there's never been a marriage like ours. And there never will be again.
1: I like that. Because there's no one like you
0: and there's no one like you. <laughs> that's sappy and sweet, but true, you your So if you are curious about what it is that's creating some of these challenges that you may be experiencing in your step family, we've just touched the surface of this assessment and we've been talking for a little bit now. We wanna invite you in to take this assessment and work through the information that you have so you get all kinds of gauges.
1: <laughs> right, this is, this is a part of beginning with you. Beginning with you means, again, that you assess, where are we? Where are we as a step couple? Where are we in terms of our roadmap to our great family success? Where are we in the process? And that's what we want to help you. Our role is certainly not to cajole or or push you to do something you don't want to do. Our role is to help you assess where you are, where you want to go, and how to get there.
0: Right. In a community of faith-based believers where we know it is important to work with one another in our marriages, it's also very important to invite Jesus in and have that be
1: the most important. That is the most important. And as we talked about last week, we would really start with encouraging you to have time together, studying the scriptures, praying together. Nothing will strengthen your marriage faster than that.
0: If you would like to experience or re-experience the depth of your love story and really begin to see the power of building your stepfamily legacy we can do that together where you can turn what seems to be impossible right now into your step family mission possible. You'll gain insight on your individual strengths. You'll acquire tools for your step family as you focus on what are your gifts that you bring, your megawatt superpower that you bring to Mm -hmm. your blended family. And you'll get momentum as you get this increased understanding and grow together in developing your Marriage mindset, if you will, as you look to building your stepfamily legacy.
1: I like that word, that phrase, marriage mindset, because we all have roles in life that we play. I mean, that people would say, you're a, a Christian, you're a husband, you're a pastor, you're all these things. But marriage mindset is when you put yourself in that role and you say, I am a husband, and therefore... What does it take to be a good one, to be a successful husband? Because there are many that aren't. (laughs) And certainly, you know, I would look back and say there have been times that I haven't been. So it's very important to look at that and to assess how can I be better as an individual husband in order to bring my 100% to the relationship that it might go where it can.
0: That does take time. It does take a decision. So if you're one of those couples who is committed to working on your stepfamily marital relationship, we would love to connect with you. So please email us at hello at stepfamilypodcast.com.